This is an Itch Your Break production, so sit back and take a break. Welcome to Itch Your Break. Hi, I'm Jonathan Mertz, and coming up on today's episode, we're focused around sound, and not just any sound, the sound that comes out of speakers, and not just any speakers, guitar speakers. It's all coming up next as we speak tone on Itch Your Break. Itch Your Break will return right after this. Subscribe to the Itch Your Break podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, YouTube, and iHeartRadio. And now, back to It's Your Break. Welcome back to It's Your Break. Hi, I'm Jonathan Mertz. And like I said earlier, today's episode is going to be focused around tone. Not just any tone. Guitar speaker tones. And it's from a brand new company called ToneSpeak. It's from the creative minds of Josh Martin, Anthony Lucas, and Dan Degree. Thank you all so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. So how did this company actually come to be? Josh and I worked for Eminent Speaker for years and years. I, I had 26 years in. Josh, you had, what, 13, 14? Yeah. And uh, during the during the pandemic, Eminence fell on hard times. Eminent Speaker fell on, had went through some rough times um, because they, they had no orders coming in. Everybody was shut down. So Josh and I had our positions terminated. So that had us looking for uh, employment. And... Our, we both really wanted to stay in this industry, uh, but the way things were moving, we we we, we weren't sure that that was going to be possible. Uh, our industry just just stopped, and uh, so we we had a passion for that. So so we started looking, reaching out to contacts, and both of us. Uh, it's funny, both of us separately reached out to Dan Degree. Um, he's the owner of Misco. Uh, they're they're in Minnesota. They're a speaker manufacturer. They're not quite what Eminent Speaker does. They 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 do other areas like uh, uh, aerospace um, and uh, slot machines in Las Vegas and, and a lot of smaller speakers uh, than what Eminent was was known for is known for. Uh, so we contacted him and, and Dan was real honest with us. He said he's he's doing pretty well. His business is doing pretty well. But uh, he definitely uh, didn't have a have have the uh, resources to bring somebody in new and to hire a new new person. And so uh, Josh talked to him as well. I think they had a similar conversation. And uh, we didn't. Uh, we went back to Dan, and uh, he said that if we could give he knew our background, and, and if we could uh, give him a, a, a means to expand his business. And he would be uh, he would be interested in looking at that. So Josh and I talked about it, and uh, Josh is uh, real good with business plans. He has a real good business mind, and uh, he came up with a business plan that we both agreed on, and we presented it to Dan, and and he loved it. He got excited about it. Dan also has a background in in, uh, in music, and this was an area they they'd been in before, uh, but but not with uh, the experience that Josh and I brought to the table. So a chance for uh, to grow his business in a, in a in the side of the industry that that he wasn't really known for, and so um, 
we just started uh, talking about what that what uh, what our product line was going to look like. Uh, we started. Uh, I, I I'm a design engineer in, in, on the team, and I just started asking Dan for for parts, and he reached out to vendors vendors that I already knew anyway, um, and he he never said no. You know, he just we we started from scratch, and it, it was kind of easy because. I knew what I wanted, and Dan knew how to get it, and uh, so he just he just brought in what what, I, what we needed. I started building hand built samples in my basement, and then uh, when I when I got them to where I thought they were pretty good, I, I hollered at uh, Josh to to come over and actually play through them, and we we compared them. and And Jonathan, you'll you'll know this name. We we asked Chris Roberts to come over and, and play for us, just so it's it's hard to play and listen critically so we let chris play and, we, and josh and i just sat back and went back and forth ab on ab switch and compared we compared compared different components and we and we got to a point where we really liked them and then uh we uh got them back to dan so he could duplicate them in, in production and that's that's what we're working on now we've just recently approved um production samples and we're moving forward. We've got a great marketing plan, and uh, we're getting uh, interest from uh, guitar players that Josh and I were familiar with from from days of Eminence. We've had demos made, and uh, we're we're moving forward. We hope to have uh, uh, stock ready somewhere around mid-May. We hope to start selling them. So I hope I didn't talk too much there. I felt like I was speaking for everyone, but yeah. That's our story. <laughs> no, that's perfectly fine. I mean, it, it's the story, and that's what we're, we're focused on. You know, you were focused on how this came to be because you know, you guys, you know, I grew up around you and Josh, um, and, and and getting to know you know everything. I mean, of course, you know, the Lucases are well known back in Henry County where where, where we grew up, Anthony, and <laughs> it's like they're everywhere. It's just kind of like the merchants, right? <laughs> and and. And, and and Josh and I got to you know know each other from uh, going to vocational school over there in Shelby County. It's so cool to see people that I'm kind of close with doing these new innovative things. So Dan, my question I'm going to gear to you is, what were your thoughts when you were being approached with this new idea to start a new speaker company? Well, you know, as Anthony said, um, that idea kind of came a little bit down the road in the conversations because the first thing is is they were looking for jobs, and as Anthony said, you know, we were doing okay, but it was, it was a hard time to think about hiring new people, right? Because there's still a lot of uncertainty in, in what was happening. This was like last summer and, you know, so, but one of the things that struck me in visiting with both of them was just the passion they had for, for this, this for what they had been doing and what they wanted to do, right? They, they, you know, they both wanted to be in this industry. They wanted to stay in the industry. They love, they love what they're doing. And, and I was really struck by that. So that, in my mind, that sort of, you know, opened it up to the possibilities of, well, okay, if they feel this strongly about it, and and we, we've been OEMing guitar speakers for, you know, 30, 40 years, longer. I mean, my dad launched a, a guitar line called Redline back in the 60s, and he never really stayed with it to, to develop it. But we've been building, you know, guitar speakers for, since then. Um, so it wasn't unfamiliar um, but the idea of adding a brand was really, from a business perspective, was very, very interesting to me. But I couldn't do it by myself, right? And what I really needed were these two guys. You know, in a in a in your business plan, primarily you need 
You need three functions, three people who are really strong. You need, you know, the salesperson who knows the, who the customers are. You need the engineer that can design the product that the customers need. And you need a manufacturer that has the, 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 the building and the equipment and the infrastructure that you need to, ma to manufacture it. And so what really struck me was, was like, well, wait a minute, you know, we have all that we need to do this, right? You know, and um, so that, that kind of, that, that's where the steam started, you know, the, the ball started rolling, right? We, we started picking it up and, I, and then it was like, okay, what, what does this thing look like? What, is, what do you need? You know, what, um, how would we get it going? So, um, I, it, you know, the thing, the thing that struck me about it is how, how organic this has felt, right? We, you know, working with these two guys, I, I, I'd met Josh before, but I didn't really know him and I'd never met Anthony. But it was just that, you know, the three of us just really, really clicked. And I think we're all very earnest and very, um, you know, uh, committed to the idea of, of what we're doing. And so it's really been it's, it, it, it came together very quickly and um, and it's moved forward. You know, um, you know I, I would say it's it's moved, it's it's kept progressing. Right. We haven't really run into any stumbling blocks. So it's it's very exciting for me to see this come together. And it's been just a pleasure to work with these two guys. They're great. Yeah, it's it's been surprisingly easy. And, and I think I think that most of that comes from we each have our own special role in it that we enjoy doing. And so the three of us together, we, we don't we don't really overstep our boundaries. We just do our thing and then we meet in the middle, you know. And it works. That's really cool. And and, and I like to I like to hear how these things just kind of organically fall together. And Josh, why did you choose to kind of get into this partnership and, and just follow along? I mean I know out of a necessity for a job at first, but why choose these two to be partners with? Well Anthony and I um, of course we you know we've worked together for a long time, been been you know good friends for a long time. And um, you know for me the the musical instrument market is is just the uh, it's the place where I spend my time when I wasn't working. You know, it was um, it was not just a thing that I did while I was at work. I would go home, you know, at night on the weekends, and I'm playing with speakers and, you know, building things and, and doing all of that as well. So it's more than just a, you know, a job kind of thing. It's it's really about a passion. And Anthony, um, I mean, I've watched him uh, from our, our our time at Eminence. I've watched people send him a speaker and ask him to do certain things to those speakers to get get a certain response. Uh, he hasn't defied physics, but almost defied physics a few times with getting you know these, <laughs> these sounds. I'm you know, and I think how how does this guy you know uh, take something that, that people have given him and be able to tweak and, and manipulate the components in such a way to to get exactly what they're looking for? You know, so it's um, so working with Anthony on that stuff. It's just kind of a no-brainer for me. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, we would tease him about this, and we would say he would always get a, a big head when we would say this. But there really are very, very few people in the world. Look at him smile right now. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's just very few people in the world that can do what he's doing, and that's, that's not, that's not a, an overstatement. It's the truth. There's just not many people who can do that. Um, so it's, it's a, I mean, the speakers that we've designed that have, that have come out with the brand. Uh, once you hear them, I mean, it's it's evident that we we've got the right guy designing the speakers. Josh told me that, of course, of course, he played. He's always played Eminence because that's you know that's what that's what he sold. That's where he worked. And he told me that this was this was the challenge up front. You have to make me a speaker that I like better than the one I'm using from Eminence. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like speaker a lot. That's a pretty tall order because Eminence makes great products, and and as far as the guitar speakers were concerned, that's my work. <laughs> right. Right. And I loved it. I mean, it was the speaker I was playing was a George Alessandro model, and uh, you know I, I loved that speaker. And I told him, I said, I said uh, I'm a musician first before I'm anything else as far as this industry goes, and so. I'm going to play what I think makes me sound the best uh, that I can be. And um, so you're going to have to make something if you want me to play a tone speak speaker that, <laughs> that I feel like is better than what I'm doing. So, uh, and he did that, the Austin 1250. It's, it is the baddest speaker I've ever played in my life. So, And I didn't get it in the first try, so it was a challenge. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of things that we, we tweaked. But uh, the other part of this, though, you know, working with Dan, that, um, you know, you meet people sometimes where you're, um, you just instantly, after after just a little bit of a conversation and stuff, you feel like, man, this this uh, this person is is my kind of people. You know, this is somebody that um, that I want to be around, that I want to work with, that I want to do things with. Um, and Dan has that that fire in his bones to manufacture really really good quality drivers. And Misco has, uh, on top of that, that in and of itself is enough for me. You know, but on top of that, Misco has the 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 best test and measurement and analysis equipment of you know any speaker manufacturer that I know of and certainly in the U.S. I mean it's 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 ridiculous the the kind of things that they can do uh, when it comes to the science end of designing loudspeakers and and all the analysis they they built the speakers for the uh, for the space shuttle Orion that's going to take you know uh, people to Mars you know that's the plan for that they they made a, a speaker that's going to go into outer space I mean that's that's pretty right. cool, you know. That's a, a thing that I like to, to, to think about and get excited about. That's a fascinating point because when you think about, you know, the aerospace thing and you hear about, you know, the space itself is a vacuum, I mean, I guess all the reverb and all the sound that you have to go off of has to come fr acoustically from that, that, that shuttle. So that is a really, really cool thing. I mean, how did that come about, Dan? I know this is a little side, side thing, but it is fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. Well, um, we we've been involved. Our our Oaktron division had been involved with um, the speakers in the space shuttle. That was a number of years ago. And so um, when uh, NASA and their subcontractors started looking at outfitting the Orion spacecraft, um, this will be the first manned or you know personed um, vehicle landing on Mars. Um, they came to us and said, you know, could you, would you work with us to do that again? So we said, you know, of course. You'd, you know, you, you never you, you don't make very many because it's like how many speakers do you need on a spacecraft and you know going to Mars, <laughs> you know, but but it's it's the technical challenge that I think was so interesting for us was um, uh, you know because of the, every single part in one of those speakers has to have a pedigree that goes back to like the thing that started like the metal you have to go back to the mine that that metal came out of and. You know, so it, it's it's it, there are aerospace standards and then there are outer space standards. And outer space standards, there's a whole different realm of, of requirements for that. So, it, you know, when you do anything you do that's challenging, that's hard, makes you better, makes you smarter. You know, you learn new things, you buy new equipment, you expand, you expand your capability and everything we've ever done like that has done that for us. And in, in this, the Orion program really, really stretched a lot of our engineering um, chops, right? And the good thing for tone speaker, of course, is if you can build a speaker that can withstand 
the explosion of, of sending a, a rocket into Mars, you ought to be able to build a speaker that won't get beat up by a roadie, right? So, uh, <laughs> right. You know, we're going to take some of that same those same concepts of durability that are you know forged in outer space to make sure that tone speak speakers can you know can withstand the you know the throwing the 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 stuff into the back of the truck and you know multiple gigs and stuff like that. So. Durability is such a, an important thing, especially for musicians. I mean, if you're a little, you know, you know, play every weekend, you know, the little back, back, back alley bar, you know, people, you're going to be throwing your gear back there. Sometimes you, you know, you want to make sure it's going to last. And, and sometimes if, if you if you partake in the, the bar scene too in the night, you, you know, you you might be slopping it around and not secured it real well. <laughs> so you're like. You're like going down the road later and you're like, hey, uh, my stuff's not lasting because I'm too hard on it. But if you think that far in advance and, and to be that durable, that makes a big difference, too. So that's kind of cool that you're pulling all these different avenues into what you all are doing. The Orion, the Orion one had to withstand four and a half G's. So I haven't really talked about Anthony and Josh about what we, you know, what what's the spec for guitar speakers in a, you know, in an amp and going into the back of a truck, right? It's, how many G's is that? So... We should talk about that. Yeah. That is, that is, you know, that's so cool. And, it, and it's weird that, you know, in, in a way that we're talking about this, but it's so cool to put that much importance in it. And when you guys are going from a marketing standpoint or even a development standpoint, do you all just think about, hey, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, we meet this set, you know, qualities, you know, endurability, as you're saying. I mean, what is your thoughts as you guys are, are kind of, I guess, conversing amongst each other about how this needs to come together and how it needs to be promoted. Most of the marketing uh, ideas are Josh's and he runs it all by us. Just to, Josh has, he's so creative. He, he's an, he's an artist, you know, you, you've heard him play, play instruments, mm -hmm. Jonathan, um, about anything, anything except the lap steel. He plays, very, he can pick up and play very well. Don't ask him to play the lap steel. It's bad. It is but, bad. But he's just a creative person. And, and, uh, I think I think most really talented musicians are very artistic as well. That's that's just goes along with it. So he has a lot of creative uh, ideas. He looks at the world with common sense and 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 he 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 picks out ideas that 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 are going to work. He just needed somebody to listen to, listen to him. And, and Dan Dan's a good listener. Um, as long as and and. Josh was bragging about Dan earlier. I mean, it, it is wonderful to work with somebody like Dan. His personality, his passion. I mean, it all comes out in this person. I mean, look at him when he talks about his speaker factory. I mean, it just pours out right. of him. You know, you, you, it, it's interesting. You want to you want to hear what he's got to say, and and he he takes that the same way too. He's a good listener. If if you make sense with an idea like Josh and I present it with him, he's ready to move forward. You know, you it's got. Of course, he's a good businessman. It's got to make sense. But when he heard what, what we wanted to do, he it's like he took in our passion and he, he's like, let's go. You know, he, he he's a mover. So and going back just a little bit, Josh and I had talked about wanting to do our own speaker line um, in the past, uh, just with no restraint. You know, it was where we had more ownership in the ideas and what come out and uh the the problem was i'm like josh would bring it up more than i would and i'm like josh i'm old i got kids <laughs> pets you know i can't it's it takes a big capital you have to have a magnetizer you have to have a 
production line with all these tools to build. And when we found Dan, it was, it was like it was like the perfect marriage. Like he already has all these things. <laughs> he's got these toys. It's easy yeah. now. He's a sugar daddy. So, yeah, he's our sugar, <laughs> our sugar daddy. <laughs> and it is. It's just. It's so different from from when you when you get hired somewhere to work and you walk into a set of tools and you walk into a system that's already in place and uh, you can go in there and sometimes be an agent of change for certain things and, and your ideas are heard and, and things like that. But um, when you get to kind of start something from scratch in a lot of ways like this is, you know, every idea and Dan's, you know, been very uh, encouraging as far as, you know, from the manufacturing standpoint too. any idea, um, about this stuff, throw it on the table and let's talk about it. And, you know, I remember it was, it was one of the first meetings we had where we said, you know, let's talk about stuff and let's all throw out whatever it is. And if it may be a dumb idea, but let's talk about it anyway and just see how this goes and, and kick that stuff out. And so we, we've, you know, it wasn't that, uh, you know, in the past that, that some of these things couldn't have been done. It's just when you, when you walk into a fresh scenario and you can, you can kind of, you know, lay the path for what you're wanting to happen. Um, it's a whole lot easier and it's, it's a fast track. I mean, we've gone from, you know, the first conversation, you know, late, late summer, uh, of last year or excuse me. Yeah. I guess it was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yes. August. And it's like what, eight months, seven, eight months, nine months. I mean, yeah, it seems like a long time, like we've been working on it, but it's really, we've gone from just the conversation to launching a brand with, with physical product and websites and all kinds of stuff in just a few months. You know, it's, uh, it's, re it's really, uh, it's a privilege to get to do that kind of thing. You know, not everybody gets the, the opportunity to do that. We don't, we don't take that lightly. You know, it's a, it's a big deal. It really is. Being able to do all these neat little things is really, really cool. And one of the things that I've noticed that you guys are doing really well is, is starting to release more and more video content and sound content of what your speakers are like. I mean, just recently you guys released all these guitarists videos and, and, and having them, you know, play through your speakers. What are the thought processes when you get into these videos and getting, you know, good, good guitarists to come in and, and even demo your stuff for, for everybody or even endorse it? I think, you know, a lot of, uh, demo videos, everybody is listening to, um, the audio on a different, a different system some people are listening in really good you know quality headphones some people are uh, you know listening over the computer speakers some people are uh, you know streaming something and it's it and so you lose some audio quality with that really with the videos um, we're trying to we're taking big um, big brush strokes at the the tones like you can you can hear the the differences in the speakers not the nitty-gritty nuances you know we don't expect anybody to to go oh I hear a, a you know a a 2.5k dip right here you know, <laughs> kind of a thing um, but we do expect you know people to say oh this has that this speaker does have that that upper mid you know kind of growl that I'm looking for for my you know Marshall or whatever or you know I like how that, that that's got a good clean tone you know at, at higher volume so that's gonna work great for my you know uh, you know bigger amplifier or whatever so we're trying to um, we're trying to really give people a picture of what the speaker is and then if they're if they're really interested in uh, wanting to know more about that, you know, they can go to the ToneSpeak website and see all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, more more videos, different players playing. They can always contact us at um, sales at tonespeak.com, and we'll be happy to talk to them about it all day long because that's that's what we are. Is uh, that's where ToneSpeak came from. We speak tone, so that's what we want to do. We want to talk to people about it. You know. 
So how many variations of speakers do you all have right now that you're going to be releasing? Currently five. We have five different models. And, and you know, what are they geared for? Is there a specific, like, genre or just a kind of a, you know, a sound? I don't know how you would classify them. That's why I'm asking. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't like to, to group speakers into genres because I think every genre has characteristics that, it, that people like, you know. Of course, the genres sound different the way that people play, but but you can have like for any given genre, some people want a brighter tone, some people want a warmer tone, some people want more bass, less bass, that kind of thing is what I'm talking about. So I don't like to take a speaker that creates tone and put it into a genre, uh, but but there there is certain criteria you want to follow with a guitar speaker line. There's staples from the past from other manufacturers that. You, you just can't get away from their, their benchmarks and you kind of got to have uh, qualities of those types of speakers. So what we did with our line is we created a, a couple of uh, American voice speakers and we created a, a, a three British style speakers. And what I mean by that is your, your American tones are synonymous with Fender style uh, tones, guitars and amps. And usually they tend to be cleaner. They tend to be maybe a little brighter. Um, and then your British tones are, are more the Marshall, Vox, high-watt even type of tones. They have more grit, more breakup, um, more, they're more focused in the mid-range, and they have more abundant harmonic detail. So, so when you take those two groups, and then uh, there's, there's other things. Like in our American line, uh, Josh has already talked about the Austin. Well, that's a very clean, very uh, well-balanced American tone. And our other one is is the Memphis 1250 that uses a hemp cone. And it has a, a really uh, really warm, smooth, more full tone. It's, it's going to be a darker tone for somebody that wants, they might want to tame some, some brightness. So if I was like, like looking from like a musical standard, say I wanted to emulate uh, like a Stevie Ray Vaughan tone, you know, the SVR tone, or, you know, it, what it, would that be more like an Austin or what, what would that be like more like something else? If I was going to um, try to play that style I through mean, your speaker. I'm, just at the nuts and bolts of, of it, I would first say um, the Austin 1250, but there might be something else in your chain that in, that would uh, be better matched to a different speaker. Like maybe you maybe, maybe you play Stevie Ray Vaughan very well, but you don't use a Strat. Maybe you use a, I can't imagine you'd use a Les Paul, but maybe you use a Telly. <laughs> right. So, so you right. need some different. You might need need a warmer speaker than what Stevie Ray Vaughan uses because your because your guitar is already brighter than his. Right, and then I guess the the uh, you know the other end of the spectrum, if you want to slow it down and kind of get more of those kind of smooth you know tones like BB King pulls out, you know that yeah. the, the, you know I'm assuming you guys got there, and of course you want to go Led Zeppelin or even Hendrix. You guys sound like you got it all covered. That's really cool. Yeah, and that's a, you, you mentioned BB King. He actually uses a bright amp and or used excuse me used a bright amp and bright uh, speaker, but his his guitar was very warm miss lucille was very warm and full and and of course his his fingers had a lot to do with that as well oh yeah he didn't rush it he took it slow he just kind of like clapped in a slow hand you know (laughs) yeah there's there's so many things that affect the the tonality that comes out of the out of your amp you know that uh the amplifier is a big part of it speakers a a much bigger part of than people realize the speaker is always kind of hidden away and nobody sees it but it's i would say other than the amplifier 
and the guitar, the speaker is the next biggest thing, no matter what pedals you throw in front of it. You know, but there yeah. with people with pedals and, and lots of things, and and it is fingers. I can sit down and play. Um, you know, Vince Gill and myself could sit down and play the exact same amplifier with the exact same guitar, and I don't sound like him when I play, both in quality and tone. <laughs> you know, it's 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 different. It just there's a tone in his fingers that I don't have in mine, and there's a tone in my fingers that he doesn't have. It's just different. It's not it's not better or worse, but. Um, everything affects everything and that's why we get you know we don't mind to tell people okay if you're if you're playing you know 80s rock um, you know acdc kind of stuff then you want you know this liverpool 1275 speaker probably something like that if that's if that's what you're playing but uh, we hate to kind of pigeonhole everybody because there are so many differences that they may find out that the birmingham is really more what they like yeah and, to, and an example of that is when we did did a when we went to Nashville and, and we got some of our guitar slinging friends to come over, uh, we, we uh, used uh, our good friend Dave Baker. He plays with Kelly Pickler and, uh, and he plays a lot downtown in Nashville. He has a studio in his house. So we got all our friends together and made all those demo videos that you've, that you've seen, Jonathan. And uh, one of the guys was, was playing uh, lap steel, Randy Coors. And, uh, he was like, okay, what speakers you want me to demo? Okay, do these, these few over here. They, they should do good with the lap steel. And uh, I wasn't going to have him play the Austin 1250. I'm like, no, I, th I think with this instrument, that's probably going to take our heads off in here. I was like, well, we got time. Let's, let's give it a go. It ended up being his favorite speaker. <laughs> yeah, because he, his, his guitar, his lap steel, is a, is a darker sounding guitar. The pickups are darker sounding, and so he needs a, a, a speaker that's brighter. And I never would have thought that just no. if, if he hadn't told us that, you know, that this is what I'm playing, this is what this all is. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, now that I know that, yeah, this makes total sense that you would yeah. a speaker. I was telling him, no, please, please don't play that. There's no sense in playing that one. And it ended up being his first one. Because we didn't know every at, at first we didn't know every detail of it, of what he had going on there, and when he the more he talks, like well, let's get what's it going to hurt? You know, we're already here, and it ended, uh, it surprised me. It sounded incredible. So you, the ultimate test is 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 actually getting to play them with your guitar, with your hands, with your amp. In this technological age, you know, modelers are becoming a big big thing. And how does your all's speakers handle these 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 modelers like from Line Six, like the Helix and things like that? There's still a lot of debate over what's best for that because it used to be just the idea. Well, well, these are are modeled; they're digital, so it must be the best approach is is flat. They call it FRFR, full range flat response type of speaker. You would want to go with a PA type speaker, and that works very well. It's been they've been doing that for years. The digital game has really raised the bar from, since since it began. Since Line Six started releasing stuff back in the maybe the what early to mid '80s, it has come so far, and, and it's getting real close to the real thing. Um, but the debate there's, there's there's I've seen some debate recently, and I've actually heard some in testing that for every situation, the flat response type of PA speaker may not be the the best way to go. It, it it's just another very subjective piece of the puzzle. Some people are going to be fine with the PA, FRFR, PA speaker type of approach. But I've seen some guys, and we did, we did it in Nashville, Josh, um, played right through our, our guitar speakers. Um, yeah. And it sounded incredible. 
I think we I think you put up a video of that as well, Josh. Yeah, it's not out yet, but it's it's coming. Yeah. Sorry. That's cool. Yeah, you'll have to erase that. That's confident. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Say it to everybody. Let them know it's coming. We want them to come find it. So. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you know, those, these are things that I think about too, because when, on the production side, you know, I've, I've been on the production side for, for a very long time, mainly in, in, in voice work and in, you know, listen to this, but still you have to sound match, especially in radio stations. When, when I did imaging, you have to beat match everything and get things in, in, in there. And then sometimes picking up the right microphone, like right now, I'm actually recording on two separate microphones for the sound and I'll pick which one I like the best. Sometimes I go with my large condenser and sometimes I'll go with the shotgun mic, depending on what fits the application and what gives me the best, you know, the tone for the day. And it's really weird because I can set those microphones up, the same exact microphones in the same position. And in the next day, one of them sounds different than the other. And I have no idea why that is. But, you know, it, it's, I think it's something that's atmospheric sometimes. And you just got to set up for the right application for the right time. That's what I, what I pull it down to. I don't know if y'all take yeah, the same that, approach. That's a great point. And I think that's what makes it makes the guitar speaker uh, design the, the, and the picking from the player's perspective. It, there's a little, there's quite a bit of art in it where there's not so much, where it's more science with other types of speaker like home hi-fi, car audio, uh, professional audio. The, the guitar market, we, sometimes we joke that it's, it's kind of kind of voodoo, black art, because it's there's so much uh, sub, subjectivity. Like, with, for, for example, with a PA system, mo most people are going are gonna to try to find something that's very neutral sounding. You're just using the speaker system to reproduce something uh, very accurately, as accurately as possible. But that's not that's not always the case. Most 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 of the time, it's not the case with guitar speaker. It's actually another piece of the tone chain. You're trying to color the tone in some type of way that the that the end user wants to color their tone with. Um, and it, it's the last. And Josh spoke about how important uh, the speaker is, and people often overlook it. I mean, think about it. It's the last piece between your amp and your ear. It's the last thing in the chain that you're going to hear. And that makes me excited, that kind of proud, I, I guess you could say, that I, that I get to do that because it's right there before the last thing, the last piece of equipment that it goes through before you before it hits everybody's ear is the speaker. And that is really cool that you bring that up. I mean, you know, putting on the the tone chains for, for you know whether you're using the, the compressor in the front or you're using it right before it goes into the speaker, um, right. you know, it, it it makes a big difference too. And you know, it, it depends on the application. And another thing it, it kind of depends on it is if you're using analog versus digital, you know, uh, pedals or, or even other emulators through through your your chain there. Josh, what have you have you found out? I mean, does it do just as well with digital effects as well as is is analog effects with tones that you can create? Yeah, for the speakers themselves, it's um, you know. It's it's a it's a it is a weird thing with with players because you know like Anthony was saying they want typically they think that they want this full range full response you know flat response speaker, um, but I, I think what people are finding and I and I think it's been a little tough for some of the modeling companies to accept is that you know when people people that are playing this unless they're just recording direct if I if I've got a a, a Kemper profiler or something like that. Uh, you know, really nice 
profiling amp and I'm, I'm plugging direct into my recording software and I'm, and I'm recording something like that. Um, you know, depending on the, the profile, I, I can still hear the difference between a digital signal and a uh, analog signal. You know, I can, I can hear, hear the difference with that. And, and I think that, that people are, you know, guitar players, even though, you know, guitar players get a bad rap thinking all these guys that don't wake up until lunch and they, you know, uh, you know, they, they're just not these smart guys, they're just kind of dumb guitar players. You know, you hear people say that stuff a lot. And, but they really do listen to what, what they're doing and they're very picky about that stuff. And, and I can tell, I think that's why you see more of these companies going to an actual guitar, like a paper cone guitar speaker rather than, um, you know, a, a, a woofer. That would be using pro audio to reproduce that sound is because those guys even though i've got my my amp modeler and it's modeling a an old you know marshall head through a, a 412 whatever and i've got all that but I, when i have to hear it i still want to hear what that that paper that full paper cone sounds like rather than what a, a woofer with a, a, like an accordion surround or something would sound like so um i think they're just they're more discerning and i think that that our our speakers uh I mean, we we I've played with some of them. We've got impulse responses that we're going to release, and um, I mean that's not a secret. It's on our website, um, and uh, we've played around with those and with our speakers. That sound great. You know, it's a it's a it is. There is just still something about the actual speaker, and and the the feeling that it gives in the room, and even the 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 way that it it reacts with a microphone and hitting the the diaphragm, the, the sound pressure level, all of that creates a feel that. Some people would think I'm crazy just by saying I can tell the difference, but I can tell the difference. You know, I can. Oh no, there's there's like this resonance and presence that you get. I mean, it's just like when when I'm using my mixing headphones from Bear Dynamic, you know, versus these cheap little the earbuds that I'm using for monitoring. I mean, there's no different. You know, there's no comparison between what you get. You know, in, in those situations, and and it's you know there is that presence that you get. You know, right. when you, you can hear something in its fullest and the way it's meant to sound. And, and then other times it's, you know, the tone that you're looking for is what you're, is how it's supposed to sound. Mm -hmm. And then you, you can't get that from just a flat response all the time. And, and I totally agree. And I understand what you guys are coming from. And I applaud you for that. I think a lot of it is just believing what they, what they've been told for so long, because I don't, I've seen too many experienced too many tests to believe that people, people actually like flat response i think these people that are saying everything's got to be flat response i want them to do the pepsi challenge test you know i want i want you blindfolded i want you to prove it to me that you like flat response because I, I i think they've been proven proven wrong i think people are listen a lot of time with their with their brain instead of their ear <laughs> or with their oh, eyes yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's just like you know, back in the day when you had your car out, you, you wanted to find the perfect speakers to give you that bass because you didn't want a flat response. You know, response. You wanted something that you could just push and get that bass out as a kid, <laughs> which is yeah. fun, funny because nowadays, you know, I see people that are, that are our age, you know, listening to kids who you, are doing the same thing we used to do, you know, with, with some of those bass speakers and like, daggone kids, you're going to run your ears and, <laughs> and, and they're too loud. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> right. Well, you know, in kind of a similar, um, kind of a similar train of thought, um, Anthony mentioned earlier that we have this very, very extensive uh, test and measurement lab at MISCO. And one of the things that I, I'm, I find very interesting is this whole thing about 
about the sound of a loudspeaker that's used as a guitar speaker because it is different, right? And 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 you know, I think was Anthony or Josh mentioned that these guitars have these phenomenal ears. They can hear things that I never would have thought somebody could hear. You know, it, people think, well, it's the audio files going into the listening rooms and two channel, and they're the ones that can really hear things. It's like, oh man, these guitarists hear everything. So one of the things that we're, we're really doing, you know, we've got lasers for scanning cones and looking at cone breakup and all this. This is, you know, people talk about the black art of loudspeakers and why do they sound that way? And why does that speaker sound different than that speaker? You know, they, they look the same, but they don't sound the same. So we're using these tools that we have to quantify and look at what's actually happening, right? Like what is happening at that frequency with that cone? And we've got a, a, a laser scanner where we can look at the cone, how it works, you know, when it, in its breakup mode, which is, it's not a, pist a piston anymore. It's moving in, in parts of the cone are moving in phase and parts of the cone are moving out of phase. So we look at that and find out what's happening, but then we can also look at the profile of the cone and look at, like, well, how does the sound wave travel through the cone material itself? Um, and I think that there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to learn by doing this that's going to benefit guitarists, because it could even come down to helping somebody decide where do you put the microphone, right? When you mic your speaker guitar, you assume that, well, if I put it here, I put it here, it really doesn't matter, but actually it might matter a lot, right? If it goes here, or it goes here, you know, and, and we'll have the data to actually show musicians, guitarists, how that might impact where they do that. And that's something that nobody else, I don't think anybody's done in this industry is really look at, you know, we talk about the art, but now we're gonna really look at the science that's behind why do guitar speakers sound the way they do? And I think that's gonna be really, really fascinating to anybody who who plays through those things and to his point i'm not sure i think probably 75 to 80 percent of the guitarists you if you ask them well, why do you put your mic there well i always have because so-and-so taught me you know that's that's their best answer it's not really a scientific proven out answer and it might be different for different speakers, right? Speaker A, right. Put the, you put the mic here. Speaker B, you put the mic here, right? And, and right. so we can actually start to guide that. And I think that's going to be really, really welcome for a musician who's always looking to optimize their tone and always looking to optimize how they sound or just change how they sound. To add on top of that, when you're when you're talking about recording speakers, I mean, you, you're going to be talking about, are you going to go look for a large diaphragm condenser? Are you going to go with the regular dynamic mic? And then you're going to look at the polar patterns. You know, you're going to go super cardioid. You're going to go you know, ribbon mics. Are you going to go, you know, just straight cardioid, you know, or even figure eight? You know, what is going to be working best to get the tone that you want for that recording or even for playing out loud? I mean, that, those are a lot of factors that go into this that most people don't even think about. And I'm glad you guys are bringing that up. Yeah, one of the things, and I think this is super cool because I, I geek out over this stuff. You know, I, I love the art end of it. And also, like, I love the science end of it. One of the things that, that we've been able to do, um, because MISCO has all of the analysis equipment that, that you could possibly dream of, uh, we're, we're, one of the a simple things that we're doing that nobody else is doing is um, our, if you go to our frequency response charts for our speakers, we have um, the response on axis and then 30 degrees off axis and 60 degrees off axis. And so, you know, most people are just looking for that, that on, you know, most 
frequency response charts are on axis, and that's at one watt, you know, one meter away, kind of a thing. Um, but for me, I think about my own band situation that I play in, and and how many pieces we have in the band, what instruments are in the band, and when I play the guitar, and I need to, you know, do I need a do I need to be fuller sounding, you know, coming through uh, the mix, or do I need to be able to just cut through the mix, you know, based on what everybody else is playing? And so, by being able to look at that frequency response curve and know what it does when I move the microphone from here to over here, then I can apply that to my band situation and say, you know, we've already got two other guys playing guitars and a drummer and a keyboard and all of this. So I really, when it's my turn to play an electric guitar, I just need to cut through everything else. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be closer to on axis, you know, than than off because according to that frequency response graph, it's gonna tell me that the frequencies that are gonna cut are here. I'm gonna hear them better here. And so it's it's just the the science and stuff. That's what we're hoping to, to bring to people, not just oh this speaker sounds good. But help people understand why. Why does that sound good and how can you get the most out of that? And when you're, you know, trying to, to record your speaker or if you're with a big band or a three-piece band, you know, here's how you can get the most tone, the best tone that you can out of what you're doing for the situation you're in, you know. Yeah, and to, and to Josh's point, the, the tone you set, set at home and dial in playing by yourself is probably not going to be the best tone for a band situation. It's because of all the overlap of the instruments and playing with other people. And then in crowd ambience, too, to add on top of that. So right, exactly. it, when, when, when they start allowing crowds to really go back full. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. If anybody was going to try to find out where, where to get more information about your company, where to go, um, you know, how, how to fo- follow you on social media, is there anywhere they can go to get all that information? Absolutely. Yeah, you can go to tonespeak.com. And you can you can literally find everything about us from there. Um, but you can go to our YouTube page, follow us there. Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, you know, pretty much everywhere that there's social media, we're there. And um, but all of that all of that stuff is is on our, our Facebook page as well. All of the speakers, the demos are there. Our something we haven't even talked about is our Tone Speak Advisory Board, which is a group of musicians and uh, and business people that we put together that help help us. Uh, make sure that whatever it is we do as a company is what the market is really wanting. That it's not just some something that might be a, a pet speaker of mine, you know, and I really like this old vintage or whatever, and nobody else does. So, uh, you know, these are people that, that are passionate about tone, and but also smart about business stuff, and they uh, we, we brought them around to help keep us on track because it, it really doesn't matter, you know, how much you really know about something. You don't know everything, and somebody, you know, other other than uh, if you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning, you can see what you look like. But the rest of the day, you have no idea. It's nice to have somebody else to tell you if you've got something all over your face, you know. So, uh, so we've got we've got the Tone Speak Advisory Board to tell us if we've got something on our face, you know, and to and to help us uh, with shaping all this stuff. So those guys, yeah. find out about all of them on there. And those guys, those guys do this for a living. That's what's that's what's really important about it. They they're proven. They know how to do it. They have good marketing minds, good business minds. They know how to promote themselves. So we want we want some of that. Some of that knowledge. That is really cool that you guys have this board and have thought that much into it to get, you know, outsider input. 
that is really, really cool. And you don't see that a lot. There's a few companies I've seen do it. And I've been a part of some of those creativity things, especially when it comes to like a vocal mic, you know, and, and doing sound. Of course, I'm going to do it for more, you know, recording and talking and, and, and narration or, or even voice acting, whereas others will do it for singing. But being a part of a, a, a you know, dynamics like that and, and being able to put in, say, in, give input is really, really cool. And I'm glad to hear that you guys are going that deep into thinking. The really, the really humbling thing about, about that for me, I mean, of course, they're, they're all our friends, but we, we're not paying them to do that. They're doing that because they were interested, they believe in, in, in what we're doing, and that they're passionate about what they do, and they just they, they want to help us because of what we're, they think what we're doing is cool. So it's, it's voluntary. So I'm going to change things up just a little bit here. And because, I, you know, this got started, you know, just within the last year, this company came together. You guys are, are kind of fulfilling some of your dreams and goals. And I want to know if you, if for each of you, you know, to respond to this, what advice do you have for somebody that's just starting out and wanting to put their dreams on the front burner and, and actually go for it? You know, do you all, do you all have any advice? You're going to work most of your life. Um, it really helps your life go smoother if you can find something that you're passionate about, something that you that you enjoy doing. Um, but you, you also have to, you can't just <laughs> go jump in with both feet off a cliff. Um, you have to make sure, don't be afraid to chase your dream, but you, you have to take some steps to ensure that it's that it's realistic. Like for Josh and I, I said earlier, we, we talked about earlier how Josh and I have kind of had this idea of having our own guitar speaker line for a long time. Well, the reality of that was that we didn't have the capital investment to, to make ourselves a manufacturer. But uh, and, and you got to have some luck involved in that, too. I don't like to say we were so lucky to be terminated, but... But the way the way life uh, life got in the way and, and we ended up that way, we had to look for something, and and that's when when uh, we both knew of Misco, and that was the that was the key ingredient to what was missing in our in our goal, our dream. So once we had that piece, we could we we were able to realistically follow what we were passionate about. I think the number one thing that I would tell somebody starting out is, is you know, I, I've always I've always been a, like an idea guy and I used to have a, a, a book that I would keep and it just said uh, think tank notes and these and I would you know I would tease everybody when they'd come in the office I'd put that book in my in my desk and say you can't see that that's where I'm picking over the world you know or whatever and, <laughs> uh, and tease them and I, I would honestly say write down every every idea that you think might have any kind of substance to it at all um, and most of them probably never will but there'll be some that do so keep track of that stuff, but never never have such a good idea that it closes you off to listening to everybody else. Never never get so uh, uh, biased about about what what you're doing that you stop listening to people. And that that to me that's been the you know any level of success I've ever had in anything in life has has come down to just just being able to stop what I think at the moment and listen to what somebody else is saying and go is is what they're saying true? Does it does it have does something they say ring true with my experience in life and you know confirmation bias exists in so many things you know we we often want to talk to people who agree with us you know um, if you've been on social media any in the last 10 years you know that it's all based on finding people who agree with what you think and then being loud about it uh, I would just encourage people don't do that you know don't 
don't always hang out with the people that, that agree with everything that you do. Find the people who, who don't see it the same way that you do and listen to what they're saying. I, I drive back and forth from Kentucky to New York. Uh, I'm on uh, you know, two trips a month, you know, that's, and it's about 10 hours each way. And so I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of things. I'll, I'll put on debates. I've been listening for the last two months, just people debating different things, t polar opposite ideas, but and things that I might think a certain way or, or whatever, but I want to hear what they have to say because there's a lot that you can learn if you'll just stop and listen to what people are saying, be observant. That, that, that's been the, the most helpful thing for my entire life is just to stop and observe and listen. And, and try not to be so, uh, try not to walk into everything with such a, a presupposition that, that what I think already is right. Because what I think right now might not be right, <laughs> you know. And it, it's helpful to have people, you know, who will tell you, hey, that's that's not how that works, or that's not going to go that way, or, or whatever. And, and be willing to go, you know, they're probably right, you know. And uh, so... I guess that's my my advice is is to listen to what other people have to say and don't be so uh, confirmed with your own idea that you don't listen to anyone else's. Well, that is great advice from both of you, and I would just add to that. I I think that the single most important ingredient is, uh, and I put them kind of together because I think you have to have both, and that's grit and persistence. Right, the greatest ideas, everything like that, they don't go in straight lines. They zigzag, they go up, they go down. You think they're going to fail, then you then the next day is better and all that. And you absolutely have to persist in your belief that you're going in the right way, and that takes grit. Right, grit is that quality to fall down and get up and fall down and get up and just keep going. Right, it's it, it's so important in any endeavor. Um, so I would encourage anybody to, uh, you know, check, check yourself out, right? If you, if you feel like you're a gritty person and you are prone to being persistent, chances of your success are greater than if you're somebody who gets discouraged more easily and wants to like, oh, that was, that's kind of hard. That was, that didn't work out. Okay, boom, I'm, I'm done, right? Because it, it, that's how it's going to go. It's not going to be uh, exactly the way you think it's going to go. It's all good advice, guys. Thank you all so much for coming on the show. And hopefully we can we can do some more stuff in the future, maybe get together, see some live action video of things happening. And, uh, you know, this is just such a cool product. You know, Chris, of course, me, I love sound. But, you know, thank you all for coming on the show. And hopefully we can get back together and do some more stuff down the road. That's great, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having us. Oh, great. Thanks for having me, Jonathan.